Welcome to The Media Coach, a podcast designed to build your business and your brand. Thank you for joining me for another episode of The Media Coach. Today, I have someone who's been inspirational to me for many years. Phil Harris is the founder of Harris Real Estate, which is one of the fastest growing real estate companies in Australia. He's well known for being an advocate and thought leader in our industry. And he's also transformed his personal brand into a winning well-known business brand. Phil, thank you so much for joining me. No pleasure, Amy. Good to, uh, good to be involved and hopefully can share a few ideas for the audience. Phil, you know, one of the biggest things, I guess, being in this industry now is the rise of being a personal brand, right? And it's a huge thing for agents now because there's so many different places that they can build their brand online. But you've done something exceptional and transformed your own personal brand and name into your business. So can you talk to me a little bit about how that eventuated and how you did it? Yeah, it's interesting. Obviously, you know, people look at the Harris story. You know, it was uh, great. We actually celebrated ten years, only going back a, a week or two ago. So the, the journey for Harris Real Estate is, has gone quickly. But people uh, look at the rise, and we have grown quickly. But within that time, I mean, I've been in real estate now for twenty years. So although the organisation and the company brand is growing quickly, it's probably been built over two decades that most people don't realise. So um, I, I think kind of a couple of key fundamentals to me in terms of building. Uh, the company brand, it really started at a personal level. And so in the early days, I did very well as a salesperson. Um, and it kind of just snowballed and built from there. Uh, Imogen, where I, you know, in being successful, I was always passionate about coaching and building other people around me. Uh, and as I got better at helping other people grow their businesses, I kind of transformed that into the Harris real estate business. And then from there, it continued to snowball on from there. I remember visiting your team actually early last year and they're a great group of people and just the respect that you can see that they have for you. You know, it's one thing in our industry, nurturing those that are growing and you do it so exceptionally well. Yeah, no, thank you. And I think that's really, um, I was having a conversation with somebody about it the other day in terms of what our roles are as business leaders. And I, I say this regularly that now in my role as a business owner Harris Real Estate, I kind of feel that I'm not really in real estate. My business now is purely built around growing people. Um, and I think that for, for business owners, if you can get clarity around your role, that at the end of the day, your business is about retaining great people and attracting great people. That's purely what your core business is. And I say at Harris Real Estate, we're a training organization first and a, and a real estate agency second. So we've had, uh, I think, great results through yeah, growing the people that we've got. So you've obviously seen, feel like our industry has totally transformed over those 20 years that you've obviously been in it, right? Massive amounts of changes. I mean, you were probably in the days where you listed and sold from the windows, right? Like it wasn't even yeah. the rules. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to believe. I think I, I used to be regarded as the younger guy in real estate, but now I've kind of been there for a couple of decades. But now I've, I've seen the transition of, you know, really when I first started when portals were just starting to really kick off to now, obviously, the, the huge range of digital tools, it's been, you know, it's been a big transformation. And you've obviously, you know, in being a thought leader in this industry, you've always kept up with, I guess, those transitions. But when it comes to building a brand now versus modern day age, like what would your advice, you know, what would your advice be to someone? Well, 
I, I think it starts with the, the saying we've all heard before, which is start small but think big. And probably the the biggest thing I see with people who are trying to build their initial personal brand to start with, um, I think that one thing that gets overlooked, I, I think that you need to have really good short-term strategies but also really strong long-term strategies. And I think the thing that gets overlooked the most is that uh, – if you want to build a long-term, sustainable, great brand, you actually have to be really, really good at what you do. And it kind of sounds really too simple or too easy to be true, but I think people are in such a rush to, you know, write big fees or sell lots more houses or whatever it might be. But I probably don't see enough people spending enough time on the craft of actually being really good in the three core competencies of real estate. And, I, and those things haven't changed. While the dynamics of the might of, but being great at prospecting, listing, selling, they're still the three core principles that underpin our industry. And I think that getting clear about being world-class in those three areas, that's going to be the platform for a long-term career path in real estate. Totally. And when it comes to prospecting now, I mean, it's something that I always talk about, but your offline strategies are pinnacle to build your online strategies. You know, everyone thinks that they can become like an Instagram or influencer. <laughs> that doesn't mean they won't have to pick up the phone. And I don't think that's ever going to be the case. I think more than ever now with technology, um, we are moving more into that human world and human first and agent second. But when you talk about being an effective prospector, what what does that look like for you? Um, I, I think from a prospecting uh, perspective these days, um, whilst things have changed in terms of the tools that are available, so like the digital tools that are uh, are there for you, um, there's still, I think that most agents still struggle with actually connecting with enough people and there's a lot more distraction now to get caught up in, you know, whether it be social, whether it be digital, those tools are there to assist you and help you. But kind of the, the, the core things that come to mind for me are, um, you know, first and foremost, not agents don't have clarity over where their business actually comes from. So for most of the top agents across Australia, um, referrals is still probably their biggest source of listing stream in their business. So number one, if you've got a core strategy in place of working with referrals, um, you know, n number two, the quality and the way in which you kind of work your open homes and your buyers is still a strategy that's not kind of, you know, done incredibly well. Uh, and then kind of thirdly wrapped around that, that you alluded to is getting the right technology in place so that you can leverage your offline skills in terms of against the, against the online. So if you've got good social and you're using good AI products, so you can actually talk to the appropriate people at the appropriate time now, they're the agents that seem to be getting real cut through. Absolutely. And I think one of the biggest things that I see in our industry is I think when it comes to offline and online, when it comes to prospecting, you know, people spend all this time making their calls out, but it's just making sure that that's brand, that brand is resonating you online. Because I think a lot of the basics, like we get so obsessed with Facebook and Instagram and getting this out. But one of the biggest things that I've picked up is where are you driving that traffic to? You know, is it an agent profile that's been out of date for yeah. the last five years? Is it, you know, your Instagram profile that's, you know, haven't got your bio, your headlines or even your website link on point so that when you are driving traffic there. And I guess it just comes down to essentially picking up the phone. How many calls are your guys doing now a day on a basis? Well, I think it varies. Um, you know, it, it varies from agent to agent. So our top guys here, you know, our, you know, top three or four salespeople in the organisation, they're 
you know, we, we focus more on connects as opposed to the actual number of calls. But our best days, it's probably making 30 connects every single morning before midday. Now that's probably 40 to 50 outbound calls. Mm. Um, but I think in this day and age, it, you know, first and foremost, get clarity over, I guess, the volume of business that you want to do. Uh, and then based on that, there is a formula that works. So I don't believe that everybody should be making 30 or 40 connects every single day. That's for somebody who's doing a really high volume business. But um, I don't think there's any reason why agents across the country couldn't be making 10 to 15 quality connects every single day. And if you can put yourself into that space with solid digital tools, so you're talking to the right people at the right time, um, then there's no reason why you can't build a really great business. Absolutely. And I guess the other fundamental that you talked about there is being a great lister. And, you know, it's faced with a lot of rejection, I guess, in many ways when you go, when you pitch as many listings as you're going into. But what makes you a great lister? What what in this world makes you one of those people that's just able to convert? I mean, the things that we talk about in our business, we talk about the 30-40-30 kind of concept, which is, you know, listings are one thirty percent of, uh, 30% of the work is one before you get there. 40 is when you're actually at the table and 30 is in that follow-up process. But, you know, if we talk online, offline, you know, most of the great agents have actually built a relationship with somebody far before they actually make it to the listing table. Uh, and that that is built through a good uh, online quality profile, building relationships with people in your marketplace effectively being their agent before they need an agent. So I think what makes a great lister is first and foremost is strength of relationship. And so a lot of people don't understand where, you know, I might be able to, you know, after 20 years in real estate, uh, I mean, I can probably walk into a lounge room with, you know, a pad and a pencil, and I'm probably going to outlist, you know, the vast majority of people, you know, it doesn't matter the quality of somebody else's listing presentation, just purely based on my quality of relationship that I might have with somebody. So I'd say first and foremost, if you want to become a great lister, well, actually starts with being a great prospector and building stronger, longer, deeper relationships in your marketplace. So um, I think it comes down to relationship. I think it comes down to preparation. The best listers that I'm seeing that I'm working with, not only here in the Harris Company, but across the country, they're certainly, uh, they put a lot of work and effort into getting the right structure and covering off the key things that um, people want to know. And also, as agents, just getting really clear around what your two or three critical points of difference are compared to your competition. Because I'd say most consumers who call in a real estate agent, they've got three or four questions, which is how much is my home worth? You know, how much are you going to charge me to sell it? Which method of sale are we going to use? So that's what I call the vanilla part of a listing presentation, which you need to cover. But what are your two or three key reasons that kind of get burnt on the person's brain? So when you walk out of that lounge room, they're like, you know what, I had three or four agents in, but those two or three key things that Phil said, they were the things that really stuck out to me. So I think agents who are clear about what their value proposition is. Um, and then there's just the basic hygiene of having really high quality follow-up strategies. So making sure that, you know, you get information dropped back to the client immediately, um, making sure that you're following that person up over the next kind of one day to seven days, whatever it might be, so that nothing slips through the cracks. So overall, I don't think it's necessarily anything really new but the best listers just seem to do it 10% better than what their competition do. Absolutely. And, you know, Phil, you talked about something there that I think our industry almost has a, a problem with, you know, defining your unique selling point as an agent. 
half of the time people are you sitting in front of your marketing strategy is the same your dialogue's the same everything's the same but if you can't answer those two fundamental questions which is what's in it for me for choosing you and what is something that somebody else can't imitate about you as an agent you really can't define that unique selling point yeah, so, so I, yes I, I think that you know really most people's listing presence these days i think they've almost become generic and bland it's like the salesmanship has almost come out of it i think that you know, one of my big observations of the marketplace over the last five to 10 years is that the bar has really been raised on marketing. Every agency out there really offers great marketing now. Everybody puts you on realestate.com domain. Everybody's got a social package. Everybody's got glossy brochures and signboards. So I think agents would fall into this trap of just presenting kind of marketing options versus real clarity how over how you can actually influence price. And at the end of the day, I think that's what consumers want to hear about. Totally. And a client I actually worked with, it was hilarious, but um, I sat down and I did exactly that, which is what I call my branding assessment. And are you basically defining their unique selling point? And it was almost cringeworthy because the whole way through, he's like, this feels like a therapy session. <laughs> I was like, it is, it is like a therapy session. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Because, because you've got to ask yourself a million questions till you can actually define that. But I guess to get the sale done, Phil, and this is probably the most important fundamental I, for me, or I guess if I was selling my home, is this last one, is you being an ethic negotiator. And what do you think that is in this day and world? I, I think that um, at the end of the day, great negotiators provide solutions and options to problems. And so um, good agents, uh, that I see that do a really good job. They understand the basics of, of, uh, of getting great prices, which comes down to competition and how do you create competition goes back to the basics, of pricing properties correctly, marketing well, getting strategy right. Um, but I think people that understand how to create competition uh, and then provide solutions to vendors. You know, I think a lot of deals don't come together or prices aren't maximised, not because of the buyer, not because of the seller, but because of the agent in the middle. Um, so I think those communication skills and being able to provide options for vendors and buyers is what brings deals together. I think, you know, 100%. And if, if you're not communicating, I guess, on a daily basis now, and you do have a lot more digital tools available to you to communicate with vendors. And one of the questions that I've been saying to agents is like, how are you actually setting up your communication patterns? You know, like, have you asked your vendor how they like to be communicated? Do they like phone calls? Do they like WhatsApp messages? Hey, do they even like yeah. Facebook or are they more on their Instagram? You know, do they not like being called at all and send them a text? And I think it's really important that you set that that relationship. Would you agree? Yeah, one hundred percent. Because there's, 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 you know, there's some people want to hear from you every day. There's some people that don't want to hear from you. As you said, the platforms now vary so much. I think that, you know, not just from a kind of a, a selling or negotiation or vendor management, for lack of a better word, but I think the entire process of real estate one of the biggest challenges that real estate agents have is just not setting expectations with people from day one and that's not just homeowners that's with buyers at the start of a negotiation so these are the rules here's how the negotiation is going to be played out here's how i will be communicating you know all of those sorts of things i think great agents uh the best agents i see are setting expectations across every single process and facet of the real estate uh process yeah i love it Phil, I guess there's a lot of young gun agents would be sitting out there right now and they'd probably want to map and map your journey and what you've been through. So if you're a young gun, you've just started in real estate, you're, you know, it's your first day, what would your advice be to succeed in this industry? 
I think there's a, you know, there's a you know, large amount of things that, that people can do, but I guess I can only reflect and, and look back on the journey that I've come along and maybe things that I've done well. And certainly there's plenty of things I haven't done well, so things that I might have done different. But I think that, um, you know, first and foremost, I think you've got to get some really great mentors in your life. So people who have actually walked the path that you want to travel yourself. And I've certainly learned that uh, you can get to where you want to get to a whole lot quicker without going through uh, a whole lot of pain by getting people around you who have walked that path before. So first thing I'd say is get some great mentors in your life. Um, second thing is probably is um, just learning to, you know, as much as you work on your business, learn to work on yourself. So I think if you can, you know, I, I know in my early days, I made a commitment and a mindset that there was not to be any kind of end game or, or no finish line to what I'm doing. I'd have a mindset of I just want to continually be a bit better than what I was the day before. Um, and that's not just from a real estate perspective. I look at kind of health and well-being. I look at that in my relationships. I look at that in my real estate business. I think, what am I doing in every aspect to continually be better? And if you have that mindset of just wanting to better yourself and serve and help the people around you, that's the journey that I decided to take. And a lot of other people have decided they want to come on that journey with me. So I think that's kind of been a real fundamental that's kind of helped me to where I am today. And it's such, it's such exceptional advice because this industry can, I guess, put you on a hamster wheel and you forget about everything else that is important to you. And your mental health is so pinnacle in, I think, being a great agent. Yeah, well, well absolutely. And I think that um, particularly agents, you know, speaking salespeople, maybe less about property management, but it's such a reactive sport, um, sales. You know, like everything is reactive phone rings, got to answer it, you know, got to make that next prospecting call. Where's my next listing? Where's my next sale? And not enough. So too many agents spend too much time in the present. And I really encourage our agents these days to step out of the office, step out of the present moment, sit down with your notebook, your journal, and focus on not only improving your real estate business, but what are you doing to improve yourself on a daily basis? And if you can see that continual improvement, no finish line, that's when we start to see people starting to achieve some pretty extraordinary things. That's just awesome, Phil. Thank you so much for joining me today. I loved visiting your team last year. So make sure you say a big hi from me. Thank you so much. To follow Phil's journey and also his team, you can visit his Instagram, which is Harris Real Estate. Or Phil, how can they actually connect with you personally if they did want to seek some advice? Uh, If they want to speak with me, I'm always more than happy to take a call or an email. So um, certainly you'll uh, you'll see me on the Harris website, grab my details there and, and more than happy to have a chat if I can help anyone out. Thank you, Phil. That's all from the Media Coach this week. To stay up to date with the latest news, you can follow my Instagram, which is Imi Callister. Make sure you hit that subscribe button now so you don't miss out on next week's episode. Till next week, I'm Imi Callister. See you soon.